Hello and namaste my dear listeners and welcome to yet another edition of my podcast Sweet Chats with Riches a platform where i interact with industry stalwarts business experts from the world of food hospitality and associates of riches india and bring to you some informative and interesting stories my name is pankaj chaturvedi and i am the managing director for riches india my today's guest brings with him a rich experience of over 20 years in hotel management with brands of great repute like Marriott International, Hyatt International, and Oberoi Hotels and Resorts. He commenced his career with F&B operations before his first assignment as a general manager with Oberoi Hotels and Resorts. Today, he is the general manager of the Western Mumbai Garden City. I welcome you, Sharad, Mr. Sharad Datta. How are you doing today? I am very good. Sharad is good, Pankaj, and it's fantastic to be with you. So, Sharad, uh, in today's podcast, what we're going to talk about is impact that COVID has had on Indian hospitality industry and general hospitality industry across the world on travel, tourism, whatever, and the changes it has brought about in the working style and how the future looks like for the industry. So, uh, let's chat a little bit on these things. So, I will have some few questions which I will post to you and you feel free to you know, uh, articulate or, you know, answer the way you wish to. So tell me, Sharad, the lockdown in India started around third week of March, and this was close to 24th or 25th of March, if I'm not mistaken. And the COVID-19 pandemic had already started affecting the various countries. And, it, you know, we started getting the news. I remember my boss calling and telling me, listen, be careful, you know, uh, these things don't have boundaries, you know. So I'm sure that you also must have received a similar kind of, you know, information from US or from your headquarters. What was your initial response for such a news? What, what, what did you feel at that point of time? Did you take any, start taking, started taking any precautionary measures for after hearing this news? So yes, Pankaj, um, I think, you know, we started seeing the signs of this probably towards the end of February in terms of, of a business impact. And um, leading up to the lockdown of 29th of, of March. Uh, and in that interim time, the situation was extremely fluid. You know, we were getting data coming in from all over the world and it was coming in fast. And unfortunately, all the data was not good news. So, you know, our first reaction, I think, was mixed because it quickly became very apparent that this was going to impact on a much higher level than anything has done before not only from a business perspective, but this impact was going to be probably on a personal level as well as on a professional uh, level. What very quickly Marriott International did was really reached out to all the hotels. Uh, there was a task force that was formed. And the first thing we started to do was to track where the business is going, which in effect means what's happening with your rooms business, what kind of cancellations are coming through, you know, which segments are the cancellations coming in and uh, various such uh, data and also food and beverage, how it is impacting uh, the food and beverage uh, outlook. We also tracked how it was impacting our forecasts for the next uh, month and the next uh, quarter. We then began talking to our partners and our clients to see which are industries are being impacted again you remember this is a very fluid situation information is flowing really fast and from the time perhaps in the first week of march till the lockdown you know it's uh, while it may seem a month but a lot of stuff happened during that uh, that month initially i think we were more focused on gathering data of what's happening and that very quickly turned into the precautionary measures that you mentioned about you know getting into that and that sphere 
So Merit International formed uh, very quickly formed a team to handle this and uh, take control uh, of the situation to kind of disseminate accurate data to help the hotels and guide the hotels as to uh, the way forward. And you know this proved very decisive, you know, during the course of unfolding of this pandemic because it I think really helped bring things into perspective. Yeah, I, I completely understand. Recently, you know, Sharad, I was reading an article in the Economic Times. And right. said that you know that branded chain and luxury standalone hotels almost constitute around 1.4 lakh rooms, which is I, I believe is only five percent of, of you know total inventory which is available across the country. Now, rest 95 percent is bread and breakfast, BNB, what we call it, the guest houses and the unbranded budgeted hotels. So, first of all, is this statistics right? And if it is, then you, do you think that, you know, this 5% guys are going to suffer more or these 95% guys are going to suffer more or the entire industry is going to suffer, uh, you know, in the, in the coming times because of COVID? So statistically, I think uh, clearly the unorganized sector, uh, yeah. the unbranded sector, uh, far outstrips the the organized and branded sector in terms of number of rooms, etc. Because you're taking everything into gambit, right? You're taking off, uh, taking BNBs, uh, one star, two star, four star, five star, everything into 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 play. Um, how 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 is it going to impact? I think the impact or the suffering that you've spoken about has already happened to a great uh, extent, right? Mm -hmm. um, when we look at uh, let's say the five percent that you speak about in the branded space or the organized uh, sector space. Uh, now that involves massive investments. Um, so, you know, the losses or the impact will be in sync with those huge investments that we that we speak about. Um, the other 95% uh, that, that you mentioned, uh, perhaps may not be as heavy in terms of capital investment, but a lot of these uh, units depend on uh, surviving month to month, right? So while the impact uh, of the suffering has happened in different ways, I think both these segments have been uh, have been impacted. You know, you talk about suffering and, you know, there was another uh, article which I was reading said that, you know, the faith, which is the Federation of, Federation of Association of Indian Tourism and Hospitality, is yes. estimating the loss in 2020 itself is going to be around 15 lakh crore. Now that's a huge blow. Now, in such difficult times, I mean, I'm sure the industry is mindful of the fact that, you know, especially in, you know, luxury brands and, you know, five-star brands, there would be huge fixed cost, which is associated with the entire business. In my business, I know that there's a huge fixed cost which is associated, especially in luxury brands. Now, uh, you know, how do you think that industry is going to manage these fixed costs? A lot of industries have, you know, taken some very, very decisive, you know, calls where they have furloughs, they have removed people, they have, you know, cut paychecks, uh, you know, so many decisions they've taken. And uh, rightly so, because, you know, where are you going to get, get the money from to give, you know, feed everybody. So that's, that's a very, very natural progression to such kind of problem. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit at loss at how the industry is going to take care of such a huge, huge loss, which they're seeing right on their face. So, you know, Pankaj, you're right. Broadly speaking, when the taps are shut off in terms of revenues, one has to go straight down to look at what one can do to protect one's costs. At the end of the day, the health of the business is paramount because that is the business is what is going to drive everything else, right? 
Um, and yes, I think broadly speaking, in every industry across the globe, human capital has suffered. And that, I think, you know, needs to be the first thing that revives purely from a humanitarian uh, perspective. And when you talk about individual uh, units or hotels, you know, I'll talk about myself. I have uh, always, even at the best of times, Pankaj, times are such that uh, I have followed in, in sync with running my unit as a tight ship. I have a policy of uh, don't cut cost, eliminate waste. And this is something we've learned over the years, right? But this situation has forced us to dig deeper and take some very difficult decisions, right? You know, some costs are mandatory that need to be paid month on month, like HLP. If I don't pay my bills, I don't get the service. So, so obviously, there would be a reduction in that amount to make sure that you're running your uh, establishment at the minimum cost as far as HLP is concerned. And there are other costs which uh, which are recurrent, which are permanent in nature, which you would bring to the minimum. The other play that that is there in terms of you know our vendors or our partners, because they are very closely entwined with the kind of business that we do. And for me, it became very important to have dialogues with them so that we ensure that both parties are protected as best as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, some hotels I, I find are better uh, equipped depending on the strength of their cash flows prior to the COVID situation and their exposure to the market. Businesses uh, that have always worked on tight controls on things like aging and collections have really been able to manage this situation better. But overall, I think uh, it's a grave situation because at the end of the day, Pankaj, this affects people's lives. But from a cost perspective, I think, like I said, hotels that had stronger cash flows and had the ability to dig deeper, probably in a slightly better space than others. No, I'm sure, I'm sure. And this looks like it's not going very soon. You know, this is going to stay for some time whatever the vaccination comes in or whatever happens, this industry, especially because of the travel, is going to be impacted for a little longer time than probably other industries who recover, might recover a little earlier. Talking about this, uh, you know, this crisis and, you know, we all are going through it and, you know, every day we keep hearing various news. And w- what do you think that, you know, uh, so we have gone through so many crises in the past, like, you know, the world has gone through so many crises, especially in India, where we see that, you know, terror attacks have happened and, you know, 2008 global recession was a big recession for across the globe. What is different now? What do you think that, you know, is this going to be a much bigger impact than the earlier ones? Uh, Surely it looks like, but talk a little bit more about this impact. So have we uh, witnessed something like this uh, in the past uh, with this magnitude? No, we haven't. I think this is by far the biggest one. I think what this crisis, the challenge with this crisis is that it has had a multi-pronged impact. It's had an impact on on the financial uh, aspect, on the human capital aspect, on employment, on health, on loss of life. And uh, so it is, in a sense, an all-encompassing kind of a, a crisis. And it's impacted every single person across the globe. I think that is one of the biggest factors. You know, directly being impacted by this uh, by this situation. The the other play that's I think unfolding in the revival curve. We've heard about you know during our discussions we've heard about uh, recoveries, right? So U-shaped recovery and a V-shaped recovery and a W-shaped recovery and various other other shapes. Yeah. Earlier crises I think had perhaps closer to a V-shaped recovery, which really means the recovery happened at a faster pace because whatever the crisis was was diffused probably faster or was more in control. So this seems that this crisis is set to play out for a longer innings. 
So it's going to take time. I'm sure because you know if you look at the star properties in in metro cities and they, they're traditionally dependent on these three four major revenue streams. You know, one is the inbound business travel for sure. Then there is uh, meetings, incentives, and conferences and exhibitions, whatever happens, which comes under the gamut of corporate mice, as they call it. And the domestic transient corporate travelers who come to these five-star properties or or the other four stars or any star property. Now, according to the hotel you wait, you know, there's a hospitality consumption firm. Now, they have given their opinion that revenues from these segments is going to take much, much longer, as you as you also mentioned just now, to revive. Now, my only question is that, you know, now just a couple of days back, we had our, our global conference, which happened just a couple of days back, which normally happens in Buffalo every year where all the top leaders of, of the world get together. And we discuss about various things and, you know, some guest, uh, guest speakers are called. We interact with each other. We spend time and there's a, you know, one-on-one personal interactions which happens. A lot of things, a lot of those kind of things happen with these kind of global meetings which happen. I'm sure they must be happening in, in your uh, organization as well. Now, suddenly this year, we, because obviously we cannot travel, this year everything is happening virtually. So we had a three, four days conference of three hours each because of obviously time difference between Asia and US and you know, uh, if you go towards Latin part. So there is a time difference. So there was a, obviously a, a virtual meeting which happened for three hours. Now what I noticed, the guest speakers who would usually would be called in, in the one-on-one meetings when we normally used to have pre-COVID times, those were present virtually. Our CEO addressed the entire global leadership virtually. The discussion, the chat rooms where we normally used to get together in different rooms and you know discuss about the topics, what the, uh, what the guest speakers have spoken, we did that virtually. Everything happened virtually, sitting in our own home or office or wherever the people are comfortable from across the world did this exercise virtually now this hap- this happened as a global conference we did obviously because of uh, no travel but i'm sure these small small meetings which happening within the organization like me traveling to pune and going to uh, my leaders instead of that we virtually connected you know in all these last so many months do you think this is going to stay do you think this is going to impact the total travel and tourism or do you think that, you know, after everything settles down or vaccinations come in and, you know, people would settle to the original format of pre-COVID levels? What do you think? You know, Pankaj, necessity is a great innovator. And this pandemic necessitated that we look at what options we have because, you know, the show must go on. The business still needs to move on in whichever speed it it's moving on. You still have to innovate to get to your final destination. Uh, and you're absolutely right. You know, the segments that you mentioned, the three segments that you spoke about uh, a while ago, have been drivers for hotels for, for a very long time. These uh, have driven occupancies and these have driven uh, rates too. So big part of hotel revenues came in from these, these three. And yes, you're right. These will take the longest to recover within the segment framework that we have in our hotels where our business comes, uh, comes from. And this is purely due to the situation and due to the nature of the beast that we are battling at this point in time. Conventions means large gatherings, higher risks, travel, the air bubbles are still in play. So international travel as well as domestic travel is restricted, international more restricted than than domestic, obviously. Now the big question, is this here to stay? You know, Pankaj, I think 
the pandemic has to a great extent started due to nobody's control right but imagine if you were sitting in the early 1900s where the earlier pandemic came in and you had absolutely no way of combating that from a medical perspective as well as from a business continuity perspective right okay. today you have all these gadgets and these platforms that you can continue to do your business so we are far better equipped today to handle these uh, situations uh, at least to uh, to some level but will this continue will this become the new norm i have my thoughts on this yeah. you know pankaj as human beings we crave for human contact absolutely we need to feel we need to see we need to touch we need to sense we are an emotional species yeah we run our businesses emotionally and one of the key elements that drives business is trust and there's only that much element of trust that you can build over a video call or a telephone call wonderful so what i'm hearing sharad is that you know you're very very optimistic about the situations and you know you feel that you know these things are going to go back to the normal but they may take a little while but yes as humans i completely agree that you know we we want to touch we want to feel we want to uh, you know uh, be there in person and look into the eyes of a person and say that yes uh, good job done and so many so many other emotions which one has to show yeah. so very 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 well said having said that now also i feel that you know to stay afloat you know financially especially you know there's a big change which i have been personally witnessing about the five stars and you know startup piece which never i would have imagined in my life that someone would think of this kind of revenue model suddenly we get to hear that five stars are getting into delivering of food you know at the doorstep but recently someone told me in delhi there's a five star property very very well known chain who has uh, come out with a fixed menu a lavish menu with just 3000 rupees per person but minimum order to be given for 6 7 people and they're delivering this entire package very very beautifully packaged at your residence so i'm sure that you know i heard about marriotts on wheels about about this concept talk a little bit about this entire thing that's this new revenue model emerging out of the blue for such kind of you know five stars and you know properties which was never heard of so clearly uh, you know uh, five star hotels and uh, have forayed into uh, you know revenue streams which uh, we would not have done in the past um, you know in the past we've uh, for example uh, let's talk about maritime wheels and and the delivery model that uh, hotels are doing a lot of research went into this it was very very important for us to ensure that we are working within the sphere of uh, the law within the sphere of uh, ensuring that safety and sanitization is number one priority and ensuring that the customer is getting the best quality right so what we've done is basically you've taken the restaurant to the guest rather than the restaurant the guest coming to the restaurant right yeah we've done uh, amazing response on merit and wheels you know keeping safety hygiene in in mind we've done stuff we like you mentioned this whole meal uh, element of giving lots of dishes we've done brunches in people's house we've done amazing bento boxes with various cuisines you know there was a time when a chef would uh, not put a dish on an in room dining menu because he felt it would not travel well and the the dish would not reach in its in its uh, you know essence for yeah. the guest yeah now we've taken pains and we put in a lot of labored effort to ensure that we do amazing dishes delivered you know in in certain cases tens of kilometers away 
and it reaches in the same manner that the guest would have it in the restaurant. Huge change, you know. This is fabulous. What 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 has happened, and this is a revenue stream which is here to stay. I don't think this is going to die down after uh, things become normal. I think earlier the the delivery space was only with certain professionals, you know, the pizza delivery uh, guys or the restaurants that got into it. Um, but now I think uh, it's just leveraged to a to a stage where you want to talk about high quality delivery service. Not only that, we also did you know industrial uh, catering at at large scales whenever uh, the opportunity. Uh, gave itself. So yes, we stepped out of our comfort zone, so to speak. There's some uh, hotels that did uh, stuff like laundry, and they also did uh, things like you know sanitization of uh, people's homes, etc. So we've not really gone into areas where we're not specialized. We obviously felt that it's important to do things which you're good at. So we've really only forayed into the married on wheels. So, uh, Sharad, if I may ask you internally, are you guys thinking of putting some kind of a target to this to this revenue model in coming times? We put it a few months ago, Pankaj, uh, for oh, okay. uh, for this time as well as for the future. We actually created uh, SOPs and special teams with specialists in this, uh, you know, and uh, the the entire gambit from the preparation to the packaging uh, to the delivery, the condition of the car, the sanitization of the car, the person going. So the entire thing is now on paper and it's a process. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So now talking about the sanitization, and you know, I'm sure that you, you must be, you know, people coming to the hotel, you have to be very careful about the safety of your guests, safety of your own staff. There must be so many protocols you must have put in place. Talk to me Lord, more about this, these protocols. How do you manage the safety and comfort at the same time of your guests and and the safety of your associates? Yeah, I think you've uh, you've raised a very very important point. Uh, you know, the aim for for us is to provide a safe and sanitized environment uh, to our guests, to our stakeholders, partners, and associates, and all equally, right? So Marriott has uh, has launched a very comprehensive program called Commitment to Clean, and it's a it's a top down approach. Uh, this was obviously launched by Continent. Uh, every hotel has a commitment to clean champion. Um, and so what we did was Marit identified hundreds of touch points that would impact all these people that I've spoken about, guests, stakeholders, associates, etc., etc. And we created this commitment to clean program. Like I said, top-down uh, approach and created all the SOPs surrounding this and created 12 training modules which the staff would undergo, the associates would undergo to ensure that each one of them understands the importance of this and the process that you have to follow. And, you know, small examples, starting with uh, the PPE, which is a protective gear that you wear. Uh, it's mandatory in our hotels to wear gloves and masks and in direct face interface with guests, your face shields also. In my hotel specifically, my all my associates undergo a COVID test, the antigen test every 15 days. Uh, you know, it helps them as well as it helps uh, the hotel back of the house sanitize at all times, workplace sanitize. And uh, we follow the protocols, the basic protocols of washing hands, changing your masks and gloves at uh, the recommended times, etc. So a lot of training has gone into this. A lot of follow-ups happen, uh, not only from the hotel perspective, but above property as well as the area teams are deeply involved in this. 
there's been investments because you want to ensure that a guest who walks into your hotel senses immediately that he's walking into a sanitized environment and that feeling of safety that a guest should experience when they walk through the door of my hotel for me is my number one priority today right so things like buying electrostatic sprayers for uh, you know making sure you disinfect the luggage the car setup in terms of the shield between the driver as well as uh, and the guest in room sanitizers and various things the temperature the sensors and the sanitizer combos social distancing protocols just a lot of protocols across uh, the hotel to ensure that you know we've got a safe and sanitized environment for our guests and associates wow and this must be impacting your uh, margins uh, majorly i mean you know on one side i see that you know revenues are falling per room your fpr or how you however however you calculate it on one side those are going down and on the other side these costs are getting associated with each and every movements you make within the hotel this must be a, a big task for any general manager or any 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 management for that matter especially with these kind of you know protocols to be set in and i'm sure that you know in coming times and i would like to know your coming thoughts also on this that in coming times for sure i mean 100% these protocols won't stay but few of them will stay back do you think that will happen sir yeah i think some of them will i think uh, you know in the short to medium term all these protocols are needed 100% right so the investments that i think that we've made are more than justified with the long term uh, view in mind and obviously uh, you want people to be safe that's your number one priority some of these i think like i said i think will stay beyond the end of covid some of them will be implemented as a permanent fixture of uh, our standard operating procedures you know i can use an example for example uh, usage of hand sanitizers wasn't unheard of before covid but i think that usage is going to become a permanent feature after this because it's it's a good practice and yeah. i think uh, it just gives you that feeling that you're going to be safe and protected to a great extent so that's just one uh, one example uh, so yes there have been costs that have been associated with uh, putting this uh, entire program together and extremely worth it uh, and some of these things will stay beyond covid yes i i i completely agree with you and you know also i was thinking there was another point which was coming in my mind that you know when you look at especially a property like yours you know a hotel like yours a five star and top class and luxury property now uh, they normally would have a very artisanal cooking you know where the chefs get involved and you know they really take a lot of pain and you know a lot of passion is involved in cooking and making the product right from the scratch recipe you know the way uh, uh, it has been made and this is what i've seen at least in the industry now what do you feel that you know do you think because of these conditions because of these change in situation and new ways of working do you think uh, there would be a shift and there would be a ready to use product which would be used more even in property like yours or you know in five star properties where instead of cooking or making a product right from the scratch recipe right from you know buying the tomatoes and boiling them and blanching them and then making the gravy instead of that do you think that you know your kind of property would also shift to something like a ready to cook products and you know make the food for the guest do you think so a very interesting question pankaj i think uh, in some sense uh, it really depends upon what the food and beverage or rather the food philosophy of a particular establishment is i think there is a scope and it's already there in many in many places there is scope for example in in 
the bakery and pastry space there is a lot of scope for you know pre-made and ready to use products to be used i think a lot of decisions will be made and if you ask me personally i would really look at what goes into these making of uh, these ready to, to use products because in my hotel we are a wellness brand uh, in my hotel uh, the emphasis on fresh uh, you know whether it's vegetables or fruits or whatever we use um, so the the emphasis is on using uh, fresh uh, items but i think there is a scope and i think if it makes it easier for us to produce a product that is high in quality that uh, is cost effective yes absolutely i think there is scope for it wonderful wonderful and so uh, what what do you think sharad is a is your greatest learning from this pandemic situation personally and professionally i'm sure that you know lot of great learnings we all have picked up from from this situation but especially particular to your industry to your sector to your kind of properties what are your greatest learnings from this pandemic personally and professionally again for so huge learning pankaj it's it's been almost a year in couple of months it'll be a year since this has happened right maybe three four months but i think professionally it's made me realize that inherently my team and i have strengths that we brought to the fore which probably we didn't know that we had you know we've had to dig deep everyone has really dig deep and i think it's it's made me realize how much i value what i do professionally it's made me me realize that uh, you know for example every win that we had and we had a few wins during this this pandemic and it was almost like you've had a conquest that you've climbed mount everest and you've done something that that thrill of of doing it so i think in a certain sense we've realized i've realized how closely my my life professional life is intertwined with my personal life right uh, it's super important uh, for me and i think uh, it's given me a new perspective to the way i look at uh, what i do on a daily basis and i think it's only for the better on a personal level there's been huge learning i think fabulous i, I would say that this has given me an opportunity to to do so much i think it's it's given me an opportunity to focus on my health uh, to you know have more focus on family which i think health and family are the two most important things as far as a person front is concerned it's uh, helped me to improve clarity of thought i've i've done courses where i've learned a few things i've done some mindset courses which are really things that you don't do in your normal course of of profession you know i've grown my mind uh, and i've introspected and i've retrospected so i think there's been a fabulous journey over the last few months from a personal front and it's also given me a chance to really chalk out and plan the future in in a great way so i find myself in a very good space on the personal front wonderful wonderful and what about your singing so uh, my listeners would like to know and you know i would like to tell my listeners that you know i i always end up with an interesting trivia that you know sharad is is a very very passionate singer he's a he's an excellent uh, musician he plays guitar and he sings so well so what about what about that i mean would you uh, did you did you get chance in this in this situation where you would be able to contribute more time to your passion as well yes i think that's one thing i missed out on on saying thank you for reminding me pankaj sometimes we forget that we have certain talents and and hearing it from the master who's most talented in the singing space thank you for your compliment i am more of a of a hobbyist singer uh, but yes it's given me an opportunity to to pick up my guitar and and practice a few songs learn a, a few songs more and uh, you you and i both know pankaj that the kind of solos you find in music you will not yes. find anywhere else oh yes truly 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 
Well, thank you, Sharad, for your time. You know, it's been an incredible learning experience for me and even for my listeners, I would say. And uh, it's been pleasure, pleasure talking to you. And I wish you and the Western Mumbai Garden City uh, very, very best for your future. And uh, again, a big, big thank you uh, for being here with me. Thank you. So thank much. you, Pankaj. It's been an absolute pleasure being on this podcast. And uh, like I said, all the very best to you in your podcast journey in this new route that you have taken in your ever-expanding, talented sphere of life. All the very best. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sharon.